Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Tuesday, October 12th, and today I'm going to continue answering your questions. Kind of a holdover from Mailbox Monday. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Hi, I'm Heidi St. John. You probably know my name because I've been working hard for the people of Washington State for the past 17 years. Now I'm running for Congress in Washington's 3rd Congressional District, and I need your help. I'm running against several big-money Republican opponents in the primary, and I am determined to prove that a grassroots campaign financed by working men and women can still compete with super PACs and mega donors. To make a difference, please visit Heidi St. John for Congress. Well, I'm glad you guys are here today. Uh, we continue to see just a spiraling in the in the culture right now, and I'm going to spend a little bit of time today answering your questions and uh, hopefully getting some encouragement out to you. By the way, homeschooling is up. I mean to tell you, up, up, up. Uh, thanks to the Chinese Communist Party virus, there's been a surge in it. We're starting to see parents yanking their kids out of school left and right. I think this is a win. I feel like this could be one of the few wins that we see happening in the country right now. And so I, I like to rejoice. Any Anytime that we have an opportunity to say, hey, here's something good that happened, seems to me that this is something that's worth uh, worth celebrating. It's fascinating to watch as the as the country continues this sort of weird descent into madness, which, and I don't, I can't even, there's no other word for it. It's just madness. Uh, in Seattle, they're getting ready to fire. Are you guys ready? Have you, have you been watching this? The New York Post had this uh, out the other day. I want to say it was Sunday in the New York Post. I read this, but they're talking about the, the craziness that's happening because of these ridiculous COVID-19 vaccine mandates. And Seattle now is saying it could fire 40% of its police force. And they're already depleted because nobody in their right mind wants to work in the Seattle to police, to police department because it's a nightmare there. Uh, the city is disgusting. And I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I mean, if you live anywhere near Seattle, which is one of the most beautiful places in the entire planet, being completely ruined, thanks to these leftists who have hijacked the cities. But right now, the city of Seattle poised to fire as many as 403 officers. Uh, there's only 1,000 people on the force. And so why are they going to do it? Oh, I know, because they, they didn't uh, get the, the jab by the October 18th deadline. So in other words, they've already passed it. October 3rd was their last opportunity so that they could be fully vaccinated. Never mind that half the people that I know now that have gotten uh, the vaccine have also contracted COVID again, right? And uh, so an unnamed officer said, well, the environment in Seattle is pretty toxic and negative, not just from the whole mandate, but prior to that as well. I'm not sure this would be a good place for me to work long-term for my mental health. It's been very stressful. A total of 292 officers had yet to provide proof of the Rona vax as of October 6th. 111 officers are waiting the results of exemption requests, which, by the way, make them fire you and then collect unemployment. Make them fire you. you you're not asking them for permission. You are invoking your right to an exemption. 
And like I said the other day, you, you want to find out about this, uh, go to The Healthy American, Peggy Hall, who I think is an American hero right now, for her role in helping people stand up against this tyranny. By the way, the Seattle Police Department's already lost more than 300 officers since the Black Lives Matter riots. Black Lives, the Marxist organization that is hell-bent on tearing this country up one side and down the other. And the mayor, Jenny Durkin, I hope she goes to prison. Hey, Jenny, you listening? I hope you go to jail when this is over. She said, we value each of you and we don't want to lose you as employees. But the people that count on you the most are the ones that need you to get vaccinated. <laughs> it, you, if, it wasn't so, if it wasn't so pathetic and sad, I would just laugh all the time. These people are absolute tyrannical monsters. Never mind the science. Never mind that we're living under these emergency orders. Never mind that y'all are just an, a big grand experiment to these people. You know, the Democrats have power right now. And boy, howdy, they're going to keep it. They're going to keep it, even if it means that they lose 40% of their of their police force. This is a shameful time for this country. And uh, I pray every day for us. All right, you guys, I'm going to continue answering some of your questions today. Whitney, Whitney had a question. Whitney's got a little bit of a problem in her Bible study, a small group leader that's teaching via Zoom because they won't go to church, but they'll still go about town. Whitney, I'm going to play your question, then I'll answer it. Hi, Heidi. My husband and I attend a small group at our church, and the leader of our group is still not attending church physically. So he teaches our class via Zoom, and they join virtually for our midweek Bible study. Yet, they and their children have been going to the supermarkets, library, or vacation, all while masked, but yet still will not attend church. My husband and I feel that this is hypocritical and divisive. Any word of advice would be appreciated. All right. So we see the hypocrisy of this, right? So we're afraid to go to church, but we'll go on vacation. We'll go to the grocery store, you know, all masked up, whatever. Listen, if you guys want to wear the mask, that's fine. I mean, the science is in on this stuff. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for a virus. It stops droplets and uh, it's useful in stopping bacteria, but it's not useful in stopping a virus. The box that the mask comes in, says that it does not work against COVID-19. And if people aren't listening, like I said yesterday, I'm done trying to wake up the sheep. I'm trying to wake up the other lions to stay stand up to this. And it sounds to me like you've got a small group leader who just needs to be told, hey, we're meeting in person now and we need you to either come or we'll pick it up another time. You know, we, we, are, we need each other. And the mask perpetuates this fear mongering. And again, I'm not denying that the virus exists. I told you guys yesterday, I had a pretty bad bout with the Rona. And I thank God for the people that kept me out of the hospital and treated me with the medicines that are readily available. Just no one will give them to you. And so I, my, you know, I think this is part of the, you know, this is part of the sadness that you see in the country right now because they're literally turning us against each other. And fear is a spirit. And if you feel that fear, if it's if it's gripping your Bible study community or your small group, it's probably better to have an open and honest conversation. And we don't have to be ugly, all right? We can, we can talk to each other. We can disagree about these things. There are people in my family that have gotten the vaccine. I'm not mad at them. 
I just, I don't want someone forcing me to do it. And that to me is what this is about. So Whitney, I would say it's time to have a conversation because the hypocrisy is a little bit stunning. And you could just say, listen, your, your unwillingness to participate in person with us is coming across as hypocritical and people are hurting right now. And so we're either going to meet in person or we're not. I mean, that's what I would do. But this isn't thus saith the Lord. This is, you know, I, I, I'm i hanging out with people who are not afraid. I'll just put it that way. Because I need the encouragement right now. And I think most of us, uh, most of us do. Shannon had a great question. Shannon was wondering, how do we know when we're hearing the voice of God? Shannon, that's a great question. I'm going to play her uh, question and then I'll address it. Hi, Heidi. Thanks so much for everything that you do. I feel like the silliest, quite honestly, the dumbest Christian on the planet for this question, but how do you discern God's voice? Is it good things uh, are from God and things that aren't good aren't aren't from God? Over the last year and a half, I've known what's going to happen through all of this. I've watched it all. I knew from day one that we'd be at vaccine passports and mandates for jobs. Um, and we've prayed about the current shot for this thing. And for a lot of reasons, we haven't gotten it. And my husband, I know, will soon lose his job. And we've prayed and and fasted and found peace in not doing it. But we live in the Bay Area and we are one in a million, it seems like, or more feeling the same way. So how do you discern if it's from God or not? Thank so Shannon, thanks for leaving that voicemail. First of all, uh, life is full of decisions, right? And we're finding this for sure out in COVID-19 uh, in this era, this very sad uh, era that we're living through in the United States right now and around the world. And it sure is exposing a lot. And a lot of people are asking, how do I know if it's from the Lord? How do I know if what I'm seeing is, uh, you know, if I'm I'm in prayer, I'm asking God to tell me what to do. And I'm not sure that it's the Lord or not. Well, when I was in, um, you know, when I was growing up, my grandmother was very, very keen on helping me learn to listen to the still small voice of God. And when my husband and I were newly married, a Bible study came out called Experiencing God. You guys can find this on Amazon. You can find it probably anywhere books are sold. It's kind of an oldie, but a goodie. But this is, um, I think it's Henry Blackaby his study, Experiencing God. And it literally changed the way that my husband and I listen for and look for God communicating with us. I think it's really important to note that God communicates through the Bible. Mo that's the most common way, right? This is the inspired word of God is without error. It's been preserved through the centuries. This is the word. It's, it's through the word that the Bible says that we're sanctified. That means we become more like Christ. In Psalm 119, the Bible says that the word of God is a light for our path. And God guides us through circumstances um, through reading his word, right? He gives us godly mentors who provide good counsel. And I'm going to link back to one of my favorite places to go for questions like this is a, a website called Got Questions. And I'll link back to some of this that I'm going to read to you because it's exactly how I would answer the question. Uh, the first thing you want to do is recognize that God God works through his word. He speaks through his word. So you want to study the word of God. It's called God's word for a reason. This is the primary way that God speaks to us. It's also the way that we learn about God's character and how he's dealt with people throughout history. This is why I keep saying, you know, the Bible has the blueprint for a government that works. God created us 
and he knows our hearts and he knows what will work and what won't. And the Bible teaches us that all scripture is God-breathed and it's our guide to living a righteous life. That's 2 Timothy 3. And so while we are um, studying the word, we also need to be uh, coming to the Lord in prayer. And as we do those two things together, the plans that God has for us become more clear and more clear. We need to be in prayer so that we can hear the voice of God. And so it's good to ask the Lord for wisdom. That's James 1, 5, right? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask it of God who gives it to you generously. He says it will be given, you know? So if we feel confused about something, the Bible says, ask him and he'll make his way His way known to us. So pray, be in prayer, follow the Holy Spirit's leading, listen to him. What There was a decision that we had to make uh, on the campaign the other day. And several of us, you know, we had an idea of what we wanted to do, but we weren't entirely sure. And several of us disagreed, not, you know, not, not like we're fighting with each other, but we're like, I just don't know about that. And I don't know about that. And so we decided right there in that hotel room to just spend some time asking the Lord to help us. And what we really prayed for was unity. Lord, give us peace as to how we should handle this particular situation. And by the time we were done praying, God answered that prayer and we had peace. And that's what we want. You know, peace in the middle of this. We want peace to be able to move forward. Peace between a husband and a wife. Peace in the, in the decision. Should we move? Should we uh, take the vaccine? Should we, you know, there are so many questions. And as you need to remember that God wants to show you the right path to take. He doesn't want to hide his will from you. He wants to show you. And life is a spiritual battle. The enemy is trying to uh, divert us and distract us from figuring out what God's will is. We, we know that from 1 Peter 5, 8. And so we've got to be very, very serious about ensuring that what we listen to is more than a feeling. So it's from the Lord. So additionally, the Bible says, you know, uh, wise uh, wisdom is found in the counsel of many. We want to seek good counsel from people that we know are walking with the Lord. Um, your pastors have been given the opportunity to shepherd you through times like this. God doesn't want you to fail. I, I think that's the main thing, Whitney. And so uh, be listening to him as you deal with this, this Bible study leader. And Shannon, as you attempt to make decisions, know that God wants to speak to you. And you're often not going to hear him, you know, audibly. But you will hear him. Because he'll give you peace and you'll be like, all right, this is the way. This is the way that God wants me to go. And that peace, the Bible says, that peace that passes understanding is available. It's absolutely available to you. So pay attention. Walk with the Lord. Trust that he's still speaking. And then wait patiently for here, for his voice and his instruction. And he will give it to you. All right. Uh, that was a really great question. All right. Amber wrote in. And she has a question about promoting godly culture in the home and movies and that kind of thing. So Amber, I'm going to go ahead and play your question, then I'll answer it. Hi, Heidi. Thank you so much for your podcast and your Bible study and your whole ministry. It has been such a blessing to me the past few years. My question has to do with um, movies, more specifically allowing my almost 13-year-old son to watch uh, Marvel movies. I've let him watch a couple, but when I look them up on Plugged In, I see uh, sexual innuendos and heavy language. 
and I feel like I don't want him to watch them. So I keep saying no, but several of his friends are allowed to watch them all. He is really cool about it. He understands where I'm coming from, and I really just want to protect his heart. But I also know that I can't guard him from seeing these things forever. So anyway, I didn't know if you had any advice on that topic. So I appreciate this question. A couple of things I wanted to touch on, though, Amber, before I, I, I give you guys some ideas and some pl- you know places that you can find you know really great movies and uh, and that that sort of thing for your for your family. I want to just encourage you as your kids get older. What we're trying to do is teach them discernment. And if you watch, you know, Schindler's List is a great example. Wonderful story. There's a fair amount of cussing in that movie. You know, I think you need to look at what the what's what's the message of the movie? Are they just taking God's name in vain for the sake of doing it? You know, I know sometimes that we can get really hung up on things and we become so heavenly minded that we're of no earthly good and we argue and fight with our kids about things that we don't need to argue and fight about. You know, sometimes we watch movies with our kids and obviously if there's a bad scene, we're going to skip it. But it is a jumping off place for really good conversation. And one of the things I've noticed about our children, you know, most of our kids are grown now is that the more their dad and I are willing to have conversations about why we will and won't why we will or we will not watch a certain thing engage in a certain activity whatever that is we want to be able to do so in such a way that we're not alienating our children and so i want to encourage you away from that that said obviously we want our homes to be pleasing to the lord we don't want to fill our homes with you know godless things and certainly not with um, filthy things we absolutely don't want to do that but if you come over to my house on any given night you know, I'm going to be listening to, you know, James Taylor. I might be listening to some 80s music. I'm going to listen to some worship music. I have discernment and I'm trying to teach my kids to have discernment. And so we live in the world, but we are not of the world. And I'm going to encourage you guys to walk in such a way that your children learn how to discern the voice of God for themselves and make wise and good decisions. So that said, there's a really great list of family-friendly movies, and we have looked at this before, and I'll link back to it. It's called The the Light, thelightfm.org. And there's a whole list of places where you can find family-friendly movies. One of my favorites uh, is called christiancinema.com. I was just in uh, Cincinnati actually just outside of Cincinnati, uh, at the Ark Encounter for the release of Courageous Legacy. I was there with the Kendrick brothers and the st- and the cast of Courageous. And if you've not seen that with your kids, uh, I mean, Courageous came out 10 years ago. Oh my goodness. I think it's more relevant today than it was when it came out. And then at the very end, all of these actors have cameos in the movie and you can see them 10 years later. And it's really, really, it's it's uplifting. It's encouraging. Uh, we loved it. You know, there's probably 2000 people there that night watching that movie and it was absolutely fantastic. Obviously, um, there's a movie that I promoted called, uh, when we last spoke, I'm pretty sure that I promoted that movie when it first came out. So if you haven't seen that, that one's a good one. It's, uh, set in 1967 about two sisters who are abandoned and then raised by their grandparents in the town of Fireside. Um, it's, it's kind of an endearing movie. It's sort of a heartwarming tale about, friendship and also forgiveness. And it was filmed in Georgia. I absolutely loved it. Our whole family loved it. Uh, you know, it's hard to find good movies anymore. If you've never watched The Sound of Music, hello, 
if you've never watched uh, White Fire, White Fire, another really great movie, uh, the true story of a young man's battle with bone cancer and his family's fight to carry him through. Wonderful, wonderful story. Again, that one is called White Fire. Uh, there are a lot of really great movies out there right now, and you can check them out, a whole bunch of them, at christiancinema.com, and I will link back to that in the show notes today. Well, you guys were asking really, really great questions. I appreciate you guys writing in. Uh, there are so many things that are happening in the culture right now that are challenging us in our faith, challenging us as we raise our children. It's challenging as we're trying to navigate the culture that we're living in, in a way, because it's changing every day in a way that honors God. And I just want to encourage you, the Lord is listening. He's absolutely listening to your questions. He wants to help you. Uh, there are so many hard questions that I get every single week, and you guys can hear it. You know, I'm playing voicemails for you today. So you can hear in the voice of the people that are leaving messages that the struggle is real. And so we need to be praying and asking the Lord to help us. And you guys, he will help. He absolutely will. We can call out, we can call out to him. He's listening. And I want you guys to feel like God is. Uh, is interested in the struggles that you're going through right now because he absolutely is. All right. That's all the time I've got uh, for you guys today. I'm going to come back tomorrow and we've got some great guests coming on the show this week. I hope you guys will be encouraged. Please share this this uh, podcast with your friends and you can leave voicemails for me if you want to have your question featured over here at the podcast. The way to do that is to go to anchor.fm forward slash Heidi St. John forward slash message. And you can leave a message or you can leave um, just a question over at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Lots of stuff coming up on my calendar. And if you want to find out where I will be, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. We love you guys. Thank you again for uh, praying for us and supporting my run for Congress. So many things going on, and I will talk about them over at uh, America's Town Hall, which is where I do most of my political uh, discussions, and you guys are welcome to join me over there as well. Have a great day, everybody, and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.